Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you happen to pick up one of these on the way in, the little announcement sheet, uh, on the back, next to those pictures of the uh, pet blessing, which was a whole lot of fun, uh, there is a quote there by A.W. Tozer that I'm about to read, and so uh, I want you to have it in case you want to follow along. Here's, here is the quote. The man of pseudo-faith will fight for his verbal creed, but refuse flatly to allow himself to get into a predicament where his future must depend upon that creed being true. Okay, you got that so far? Okay. Uh, he always provides himself with a way out, a secondary way of escape, so he will have a way out if the roof caves in. And then Tozer says, what we need very badly these days is a company of Christians who are prepared to trust God as completely now as they know they must do at that last day. Okay? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> All right. Well, eventually every believer comes to a place where we ask a simple yet profound question. Can I really trust God? Can I trust God with my life? Can I trust God with my future? With my family? With my job? With my health? Can I trust God with my possessions? Every one of us comes to a line in the sand and either we say, yes, I'm going to trust God. Or we say, nope, I can't trust God for that much. And we turn back. That's the trust test, okay? Now, I'm convinced that it's at the trust test line that we either grow spiritually by crossing it, or we back away from that line and never reach our potential as children of God. Now, this is not about salvation. It's about reaching our spiritual potential. It's about growing into the fullness of the abundant life that Christ gives us. See, we can be a Christian who says, what's the bare minimum? And so we get by with the bare minimum, and I believe when we get to heaven, we get the bare minimum. <laughs> Or we can be Christians who operate out of a completely different place who say, what all is there? And we operate that way in our lives now, learning about the abundant life that Christ gives us. And that life continues in its fullness when we get to heaven. So I hope every one of us wants everything that God has for us. So today we're going to look at tools to help us grow in our trust of God. And it begins when we take an inventory of ourselves. How am I doing at trusting God? Uh, in Psalms we read, Psalm 139, the psalmist writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. So notice a few things here. First, this inventory begins when we ask God to help us. Okay. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Okay. We initiate the inventory, then God takes the inventory, and because he knows us better than we know ourselves, he also knows how to lead us out of a place of mistrust or a lack of trust. And so he leads us into a deeper place of trust with him. I initiate 
God inventories, and then he knows to lead me to a deeper place of trust with him, away from that lack of trust. Does that make sense? Okay. So once I start it, God has to do most of the work there, but I do need to participate with him. Okay. Now this prayer to ask God to inventory us, uh, it requires a lot of humility. It requires a lot of humility to admit our need to submit ourselves to God's leadership. And this same humility leads us to the next step in trust muscle building. And that's that we recognize God as our source. Deuteronomy 8.17 says, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That's true of everything in our lives. We need to come to a place where we recognize God as the source of life and everything in it. God is not a nice addition to our lives. He is life itself. He doesn't just make our lives better. He makes our lives possible. God is the source. And as our source, we need to understand that God deserves the first of everything. If we trust and love God, this is a no-brainer. All right? God deserves the first and best simply out of our gratitude and love for all that God gives us, for all that he does for us. Yet there's a tendency, instead of giving him our best, our first, for us to give him our leftovers. Is Abby back there? All right. Okay, okay, but not it. Well, I wanted to tell a story on Abby, but I didn't want her to be back there if I told it. So, so you, you cannot repeat this, Annie, okay? Okay. So, uh, one time Abby was probably four. We were driving along, and she was hungry, and I had stopped to get gas, so she wanted a bag of potato chips. So I bought her a bag of potato chips. And then... I open it, and I give it to her, and we're driving along, and she eats one and eats two, and I'm thinking, man, those smell good. I'm kind of hungry, too. And so I say to Abby, hey, Abby, could I have one of your potato chips? And she looks at me like I grew another head. Okay? <laughs> this just look of, you betrayer. <laughs> and so she reaches into her bag and she pulls out what had to be the smallest bit of potato chip dust I have ever seen and drops it in my hand with this look of, now you better be grateful for that. <laughs> and at that point, I understood exactly how God feels with us. <laughs> Proverbs 3.9 tells us, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. We're to give God the first not the last of everything, not the potato chip dust, okay? And to do that, we have to put God first. Jesus was asked one time, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? And he answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. My stewardship my management of all that God has given me in this life has got to be based on the fact that I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind. This is where stewardship begins, with loving. 
not with giving, okay? Stewardship and management begins with a foundation of loving God, okay? This is why Paul can say, God loves the person who gives cheerfully, okay? This is someone who loves and enjoys his relationship with God, trusts God, and can give joyfully because of that. He's a cheerful giver. The person who loves God and loves to give is not afraid, not worried about running out of resources. Because when we love and trust God, we realize we're not going to outgive God. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Some of you know about J.C. Penney, the department store guru. He practiced reserve, reverse tithing. He kept 10% and gave away 90%. And one time somebody asked him, how, how do you keep getting richer and richer when you keep giving away more and more? And he said, well, it's simple. I shovel it out, God shovels it back in, and God has a bigger shovel. Yeah. Now that is trust. That is trust. When we live trusting in God, our life is like a river, not like a reservoir. You don't have to have gone to Israel to know that there's a difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. In one, everything flows through, and there's life, and there's vitality. In the other one, nothing flows out of it. And nothing much at all can live in that sea. And that's the difference in our lives. God wants us to be like that river that, where things flow through. He blesses us so that we can bless others. That's how we live when we trust God. We, we take what God has given us with gratitude and joy and we pass it on to others. As Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than receive. So be a river, not a reservoir. You know? S.D. Gordon in his book, Quiet Talks on Prayer, says that there is one inlet of power in life, and that is the Holy Spirit. And there are five outlets through which the Holy Spirit reveals his power. <clears throat> We're to let God's power flow through us, our lives, what we are, through our lips, what we say, through our ministry, what we do, through our money, what we give, and through our prayer, what we claim in Jesus' name. And this is how we live when we joyfully trust God and surrender everything to Him. You see, tithing is not an issue of money. It's an issue of trust. God knows that the most difficult area for us to trust Him is our finances. And therefore, he says to us in Malachi 3.10, Bring to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn, so there will be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord all-powerful. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out all the blessings you need. <clears throat> this is the only area where God says to test him. We talked about this two weeks ago. Because it's an issue of trust. It's an issue of fear. Tithing is. Do I trust God enough not to be afraid to tithe? Yeah. 
This is the only place in Scripture where God says you can test him. In every other area, when we start talking about testing him in the Bible, he says, oh, don't go there. But in this case, he says, go ahead and do it. Test me. Because he wants us to trust him. He wants us to walk that closely with him. With our hands open to receive what he would give us. It's worth, it's worth taking that test. You ought to give it a try sometime and see how it goes. Because God is making a promise there and he wants you in relationship. Now, just as we get ready to close, I want to return to the last sentence of that quote from A.W. Tozer. What we need very badly these days is a company of Christians who are prepared to trust God as completely now as they know they must do at that last day. When that time comes and we trust God for our salvation, our eternal life, that's going to be a glorious day. And Tozer says what we need power now are people who are able to live in anticipation of that glorious day every day of their lives. Trusting God that much. You know, you know a lot of you know this story about the man who uh, was a tightrope walker and he would walk across a rope that was strung across Niagara Falls. And uh, one time he... Uh, got to one end and stepped off the rope and one of the guys watching because there were always crowds watching him waiting for him to fall uh, one guy said I believe you could do that all day and never fall and the tightrope walker said do you really well then hop on my back <laughs> that's the difference between belief and trust okay trust is putting it on the line In every area of your life, ask God to take an inventory and lead you to a deeper place of trust in Him. You know, it can be scary, but that's where the fun begins. And let me tell you, the view from the rope is glorious. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.